Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to the show. I'm delighted to be joined by Russ Machamba today. Russ is the sales and marketing director of Impressive Digital and a general manager of Impressive USA. He's been a sales and marketing professional for over 15 years. Um, he's labeled a global e-commerce leader by SimilarWeb. He's been a public speaker. Um, he's host of the Impressive Digital Marketer. Um, Russ is a regular subject matter and expert slash guest on a bunch of podcasts and webinars. Plus, he's an NBA fanatic. Um, he's a hip-hop head and he's a proud father of four. Russ, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Hey, Sam. Really well. Thanks. Really well. Thanks for, thanks for having me. No worries, dude. Um, pleasure to have you on. There's three key things we want to learn from yourself today, Russ, really. We want to learn your top yeah. business growth tips. We want to yep. learn your ultimate digital marketing strategies. Yep. But first, sir, before we get to all that, we'd love to know your story. So we want to know who really is Russ, um, a little bit more about yourself. So where you grew up since leaving school or college. Um, yeah, cool. The first the first business you got into, and then if you yep. could kind of guide, guide us through some of the businesses you worked at and what you learned along the way, that would be awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. No worries. Um, I always like to tell people I took the scenic route to, to where I am because I, I actually, growing up, I, I grew up in businesses. My parents owned small businesses. They owned franchises um, and they had a little supermarket. So I kind of always had that in me that I was going to be, you know, working within businesses, but then I was obsessed with advertising. I always used to love the ads on TV and uh, everyone would get really excited when the ads were on so I could go do something else and I'd get excited to go sit closer to the TV and try to get my head around why the, the, the brand was used for particular messaging and that sort of stuff. So um, when I, uh, I, I sort of, as I said, I took the roundabout, roundabout route. I, I studied an arts degree, but uh, okay. I got, uh, got, got booted out for, for rocking up to exams drunk and, and barefoot. <laughs> so, oh, really? Uh, what? A wild party, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was pretty much just a few years of, of wild parties. So, uh, play, they, funnily, they showed, they, they used to have this thing, I don't know if they still do it, called show cause. So, if you fail two subjects in a semester, you have to sit in front of the course chair and the, you know, the heads of the course and show oh, cause right. as to why they should leave you in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got asked to show cause just one too many times and <laughs> and uh, ended up working in pubs for a few years um, with a you know half an arts degree not finished. And then I met my wife. Um, she convinced me to go back and finish it and did that and did my master's and then eventually got into into marketing and advertising sort of via via sales. But I, I don't know about you, Sam. Like I, I I didn't dream about getting into sales. Like it was something that I probably pushed back on a bit. It wasn't something that I thought was was for me always had like a you know that stigma in my head of you know the pushy salesman and kind of didn't want to be that guy but but um yeah just got it so just before we jump into where you are russ um so you yeah. worked in pubs for a few years after you got kicked out of college would you yeah. say there's any lessons you learned there in terms of perhaps sales marketing or business that 100 percent. yeah yeah 100 percent. i guess like i worked for foster's group so um it's, oh, nice. You know, everyone knows Foster, the Foster's brand. They owned of course, a couple yeah. of hundred pubs around around uh, Australia. So I got really good experience and exposure early to 
um, you know, to P&Ls and to, you know, yeah. allocating different parts of different budgets to a lot of the times they were shoestring budgets. It's a billion dollar company, but, you know, they'd say, okay, well, you've got X amount to spend on, on training and X amount to spend on this. And um, I sort of worked my way up from, from just behind the bar to then being a duty manager. Yeah. Then I did a traineeship with them and I was traveling a bit just around Victoria working at different pubs. So um, awesome. okay. my first big, big business um, exposure working within those within those pubs makes sense okay so you did that for a few years and then what was the next step you said russ uh so after that um i started running my own so i was actually djing for a number of years so i um, oh really was that hip-hop like yeah. you said in your intro or well i started out playing hip-hop and then i was playing uh like house techno oh um, nice man electro so i played um and then i started running events so with a friend i, I started actually getting some of that advertising passion out and writing copy and um you know media buying but back then it was print a little bit of online um you know event concepts and that sort of thing so which led me into corporate events and moving into more sort of sales and marketing sort of overlapping together okay so you you had your own business that you did for a little while and then you went into an events kind of company did you that's correct yeah yeah so i worked for an event agency (laughs) it's funny like Thinking back through it, it's a, 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 lot of, a lot of pit stops on the way. But yeah, an event agency, we dealt we did corporate events and experiential events. So I got to do some big brand activations for some pretty big brands like Vodafone and some others, um, which, was, which was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, still in those first few years, just still sort of wrapping my head around, okay, well, I've got a number I need to hit. I'm going to need to get on the phone. I'm going to need to be more active, um, which yeah, took me a while to get to a point where I, where I was you know, really, really comfortable, confident. Yeah. Kind of Quite good. Yeah, yeah. And your, your events gig that you did by yourself before you went into a company, did you do that for very yeah. long or was that quite a short-term thing that you did? Or? No, I did that for about five years. Um, oh, nice. But it was uh, three That was your years. first solo role, your first kind of That's solo right. biz. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we ended up having, so I was head of marketing and we had about 30 casual staff. So that's between promoters and DJs and then any event staff that we had. Um, but uh, yeah, that was just good good fun just being in control again just like understanding okay we've only got a, a, this budget to work with how can we make that work best where, where are we going to buy the media to make this work what concepts are we coming up with you know how can i get engage a designer to to create really cool flyers all that sort of stuff yeah that's not something we've actually touched on so that's quite an interesting subject russ because on on the show we tend to talk a lot about business growth tips digital marketing tips um, as well mm. as sales and marketing process and ways yeah. to scale up your business, but we never really talk about spending. Um, yeah. It's an interesting topic, and it sounds like you've got some decent experience in that front. So is there any advice yeah. you could share perhaps for business owners and marketing managers or directors alike, or marketing execs yeah. that are tuning in, on how to yeah. effectively manage a marketing spend? I know that's quite a broad topic, but it sounds like you've got some good um, it's a, yeah, experience. Yeah. It's, a, it's a broad topic. I think like the best advice I could give uh, would be for people to actually go out and, and run some campaigns, like whether it's start a little business, start a little side up, like, especially people who work in digital marketing um, who have executed on campaigns for lots of different businesses. They've probably got some ideas of, okay, well, I could see the, the CPA for that. It's quite low. Margins are quite good. Like actually try, try one of these businesses, be responsible for your own budget, your own dollars coming out of your own pocket. Um, <laughs> and I really think having that, experience and exposure to that makes you so much better at actually being on the tools and understanding the impact of what you're doing and also understanding like 
you know, why the client feels the way they feel or, you know, how you can help the client understand why you're running this experiment or why you're doing this for this X amount of time. Got so, it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So it's a case of kind of getting into it and just trialing out to see how it works. And then yeah. I guess over time using data to measure it effectively. Um, I think and it just builds a, a stronger empathy. Like I just, you just have a much better understanding of what's happening on the other side. I've worked with lots of digital marketers who are, they can be amazing at what they do, but they've hmm. never been on the other side of it. So they don't really understand quite often, you know, the impact of what they do. So makes sense. Yeah. Okay, man. Interesting. So moving on, you did that role for about five years or so. What, yep. what was, what was happening next, man? So yeah, worked in that, um, in the corporate events agency and experiential events, did that for about five years. Um, and then finally got into, into digital marketing, which, which, uh, I was, you know, really passionate about and really wanting to, especially having run the events myself and had a bit of exposure to, to, you know, how the digital side of things could impact businesses. Just really getting in and learning it was, um, was really cool. So I worked for a, a wedding, like it was a tech company, but it was basically a wedding directory and we'd sell um, banner advertising, websites, directory listings, all that sort of stuff. So I cut my teeth on digital from 2012 there nice. and I also learned learned how to sell and you know I really grew a lot from that point was it a tough transition because before you were kind of more managing budgets it sounds like a marketing side yeah, of things, yeah moving from that to sales and yeah. also changing to digital side of things full on was that quite a tough yeah move it was it was and in a lot of ways it was a step back because it was going from a lot of face-to-face selling and managing teams and that sort of thing and manage yeah. my own budgets to all of a sudden an inside sales role um Got it. with really strict KPIs. I remember starting and seeing that there was this big talk time board and, you know, it was in green, orange and red, depending on how well you were going for your talk time. And I'd never been managed, monitored Uh, that closely and freaked me out. But uh, you grow. Yeah, man. That takes me back a few years. So probably about maybe six, seven years ago, I used to work selling ink cartridges over the phone. So a big call center. And yeah. that was full on, man. I mean, it wasn't cold yeah. calling, but you were basically, it was almost cool because you were just calling a massive list of old customers. Yeah. So some of them yeah. didn't know who the heck you were. And at the same yeah. time, my mate actually got me the job. So my mate was sitting opposite me, um, all, all the other guys, probably no one was older than 21 years old. And there's a yeah. massive board. There wasn't KPIs so much. It was more just you were on an auto dialer. So you just called one customer. Yeah. If they hung up, it just went straight to the next. And then we had a board of sales. And bearing in mind yep. the sales are pretty low, so you're talking anywhere between five pounds, that's what, seven dollars or so, up to, I don't know, yep. 100, 100 pounds or so per yeah. transaction. So it's flashing out these calls. But yeah. it was very competitive because you're against all your friends, plus these young guys. Yeah. And every time you had a sale, you saw your name flash up on the board. And, yep. um, but it was so fun. But the, the reason I had the edge over everyone else is because I did digital for a little bit. So I was used to selling higher volume things and I was used to a slower yep. sales cycle. So when I got yeah. into transactional sales, I was literally selling from day one. I was like, these products are so easy to sell, man. I could just hammer yeah. out the deals. But then over time, That's it got so boring good. and I had to get out yeah. of it because I wanted to be selling higher value items and more interesting sales cycles and stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's gone down a rabbit hole. Um, no, so no, we were... but I, I reckon from a sales perspective, like I think that if you can, I think that's such, such great experience having worked in an mm. inside sales role, a high volume sales role, like you're, you're thinking on your feet. You know, you're, you're, getting, you're getting left, right and center. You learn so much about the kind of tone that enters a conversation much more smoothly, what works better for you, because there's some people who work better. Um, I always just, I always think about it, especially with you know, whether they're cold or warm calls, like it's like you're opening your door to someone's office. 
right? And you need to figure out what's the best way for you. I've worked with people who kind of just, they kind of smoothly come in. All of a sudden, they're 10 minutes into a conversation. You've got other people who kind of just bash open the door and they just own it and they do really well that way. But trying to figure out, I think just when you're in a volume call, calling role like that, you, get a, you, you can get those reps up so quickly that it just sets you up so well, I, think, I believe, for, for your selling career. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing about the pandemic that's going on. It's, it's quite nice, in my opinion, anyway, to have the buzz of an office. And it, it kind of, mm. with me anyway, it hypes me up a bit, especially if I'm yep. doing sales calls or customer calls, whatever it may be. That's, that's one yeah. thing that I, I feel like I'm missing. It's when you've got kind of yeah. buzz of people around you. Like you said at the start, before we jumped in, you've got a bit of competition going on and you want to yeah. beat, beat, your, beat your colleagues and yeah. uh, kind of beat 100%. their quota and stuff. So yeah, it's good fun. And cool. I, I think there's like a, there's like another guy in my office as well. We always joke about how you always pitch better when there's people around because you kind of, I don't know, you, you just want to be on your game and probably bits, you know, a little bit show-offy. Uh, but... No, I, I do agree. It's, it's good. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you started that in, was it 2012 that you got into the digital yep. side of things? Nice. Yep, yep. And I guess you progressed over time, did you, Rush? You kind of got, got your feet, found your feet rather, and got into it and started learning. Mm. So you you worked at that company for a while and you moved on or what, what happened? Yeah, yeah. So I was there for five years. And, um, yeah, just as I said, sort of starting just outbound cold calling and I did some account management. Then, yep. um, you know, I was managing the team. Um I managed face-to-face reps, inside reps, uh, built a, the thing with digital, as you know, is that quite often, especially when you're dealing with small businesses, they don't really understand what they're buying or they don't really understand, you know, the, the full ins and outs of it. So showing that value to them is a challenge. So at, when I was at that uh, directory, um, I helped start a business education program where we'd run monthly events and we get out and actually, geez, it seems quaint now given we can't actually get in front of people, but you know, we'd have a hundred, 150 people in a room in uh. Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, and just do presentations and shake hands and explain stuff. That was awesome. Good, good fun. I love. Yeah. That's 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 two interesting points. So we've got the kind of live speaking and doing events. Yep. Um, yep. And then the first point you said, building value about products that aren't actually physically tangible. Yeah. Very difficult one. Um, I it still type, sometimes get stumped by it now because buyers can yeah. really catch you off guard with the questions they ask. And you can never be yeah. prepared for certain sales calls. So is there yeah. a way? So I'm guessing a lot of people tuning in are right now doing inside sales because we're forced to. And they're selling t- products that aren't necessarily tangible. Something you can put in your hand, you can grab. It's digital. A lot of mm. us are. Um, so have you got any nuggets of advice, Russ, that you could perhaps share with us on how to, on effective ways that you've found to build value over yeah. your digital project product? Sorry. Yeah. I just find analogies like it's pretty straightforward, but mm. analogies just help people understand. And if you can make the analogy yeah. as specific to them as possible, then yeah. all the better. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. yeah. <coughs> no so worries. if the um, yeah, if the analogy, let's say they're you know, if it's someone who sells cars, for example, mm-hmm. then if you can make your um, make your SEO analogy speak to uh, an F1 racing car, and you know whatever is the fuel and whatever is the track, like making it specific to what they understand best is yep. the easiest way for them to have that light bulb moment. Otherwise Got it's it. just a lot of jargon. Like that's yeah, what yeah. I found, especially in this industry that's people just love to talk jargon. I get emails. You would get these too. You get these cold emails saying, Hey, we can do this to your site. We found all these errors and I read them and I've done this for you know a long time and I don't know half the stuff that's in there. Like it doesn't, it's, people are just trying to spin, you know, yeah, their way yeah, yeah. I know exactly into what people's you mean, pain. It's, yeah. yeah. I think, 
I found that to be most effective as well on a bunch of things. So I'm, I'm always working on my story building techniques and things like that. Yep. Reading books, listening to podcasts and so on. Anyway, mm. um, it's things like when you talk about building a website, for example, comparing that to yep. building a house. So it's a case mm. of kind of get laying down the foundations, which might yep. be doing the prototype of the web, website, then building the brickwork around it, which might be the design. Yep. Um, and then kind of testing it out, which might be the final finish. So just going through each by step by step, but comparing it to something that's actually relatable to the consumer or the, whoever you're trying to yep. sell to. And like you say, it yep. just doesn't, doesn't weigh them down with technical, doesn't make them feel inferior because you're using all these words they've never heard of. And likewise, yep. you sound like a bit of an idiot and you're just sending everyone to sleep. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, cool, man. And then events. Again, events is not really something we've spoken about much. So why was that, Russ? Was that to kind of build up thought leadership to, to kind of save you guys doing cold outreach more to bring in warm leads? Or? Uh, it was two, two parts. So we had, uh, you know, around sort of 5,000 clients. That, so a lot of it was just a value add and a retention, you know, retention strategy to make sure that, okay, well, you're investing with us. Here's hmm. how to make the most of it. Here's what we're doing. Here's what you can do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it was around that. But there was a new business element to it as well. Obviously, if we'd have prospects coming to those events, especially if I had prospects and they'd seen me speak in front of 150 people. Um, it's a pretty good way to build trust. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've used public speaking in that way to help explain things and make things really clear, make complex things seem much clearer. Um, but as a, as a, like as a skill for a salesperson to be able to do that, it's, it's killer because that trust is so much higher. All of a sudden you've got a room full of 150 people looking at one person uh, explaining something that, you know, that per, the prospect might never have had explained very well. Um, there's a lot of trust that comes with that. So um, that's been something which has been, been a big, I'm, I'm always telling people, if you can, if you can build on your, your public speaking skills as a salesperson and get out and really build that trust, it's going to give you an edge, really positive edge. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah. We had Victor Antonio on the show a few weeks back and he's, he's kind of explained to us about how he did Toastmasters and how public speaking mm. helped him a lot to up his sales game. So that's something I'm always interested in. And as, yeah. as we all know, communication is a huge thing and being able to communicate effectively with your buyers yep. doesn't matter what part of sales or marketing you're in is a, a really, a really big part of the game. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So cool. that, that was the case of you use those two elements to kind of scale yourselves and scale your business, it sounds like. Mm. And then yep. um, you moved on to similar web. Was that right? Uh, not similar. No, no, so impressive. Imp impressive. impressive. Got it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Impressive from sort of end of 2017, mid, late 2017. Um, and yeah, that was just more, you know, learning more about digital and getting out of the wedding space and being able to apply what I knew to businesses without having to talk about brides and grooms and couples and wedding season and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So um, cool, that, that sort of prompted the move. Actually through that period, I was also a, a wedding celebrant on weekends. So I was pretty sick right. of talking weddings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. So, yeah. okay. You've given a, you shared with us some, some great ways that you actually utilize to, to grow the business. So are there any other strategies Russ, that are worth our audience understanding that you utilize yep. as a business. So you were a digital business, so were, yep. or you are a digital business rather. So were there strategies yep. that you used to, to grow, be it paid ads, be it SEO search and optimization, be it cold yep. outreach? Was there any you could share with us that have helped you and your sales yeah. team to get more leads and more deals done? Yeah, for sure. Probably the biggest thing that I've picked up since working at Impressive over the last sort of two and a half, three years, um, is just understanding that like integrated campaigns where you've got different channels working to get your message out. Like if you think about a prospect, they need 
depending on your product, they might need five, 10, 20, 30 touch points with your brand before they feel close enough to go, okay, cool, I'm going to fill in that form or I'm going to call or I'm going to purchase if it's an e-com product. Um, and, you know, we talk about funnels and, you know, you're on Facebook you're on this and there's a funnel of messages that come through. But what, um, I guess what, what people really need to understand is that people, it's not going to be one funnel on one channel. You know, getting your 15, 20 touch points just on Facebook in a short period of time, you know, they're on Google, they're on through display, marketing automation. There's so many other ways that you need to be presenting your brand. And that funnel doesn't sit in one channel. That funnel is a buyer's journey across a multitude. It's a big ecosystem. So um, explaining to brands, that's what I've, I've found has worked really well. And what's worked really well for us at Impressive is explaining that you, you need to be kind of omnipresent across a number of channels. And you need to make sure though that your brand is presenting at the right point in their buyer's journey, whether they've hit you on Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, wherever. Got it. Okay. So talking about being present, no matter what channel your ideal customer is on, so making yep. sure that throughout those touch points, they can see you're visible until it gets yep. to the point that they feel that they're ready to get in touch. So fill yep. out a lead form, like you say, or if it's e-commerce, if it's transactional, then make the purchase. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So yep. that sounds like a range of kind of display-based advertising and tracking and things like that to, to stay present. Yep. Um, yep. Awesome. Okay. Any other strategies, Russ, that, that are worth sharing, be them cold outreach or be them digital, more inbound? Uh, I I mean, LinkedIn's been been pretty big for us. I know you're you're quite you know quite solid on LinkedIn as well. Um, Sure. I think I think that uh, if you can build yourself build yourself a personal brand, get that extra trust, like what we spoke about before with me speaking at at live events and getting that trust. Now I get a lot of that from LinkedIn from videos like this. Um, But I read a stat the other day, and I don't know if you saw this. It was say you've got 100 percent of people, uh, one percent creating content. 9% 9% are engaging with the content, 90% are lurking, <laughs> like yeah, just yeah, yeah. flicking through, not engaging, not liking, not anything. That just like, it doesn't feel that hard to be part of the 1%, you know? So I think you can really separate. Definitely, man. Nurse. No, I mean, I, I preach about LinkedIn all the time on the show and when I'm invited to yeah. other shows as well. And I think you're right. Yeah. I think the stat is 1% or perhaps even less than 1% of the community on LinkedIn. Bearing in mind there's, 560 or 600 million perhaps users yeah people take yeah um it's not that difficult to just start and create content creating content daily 100 percent. like yeah like you're saying it's just a case of taking the first step be it doing a text post um and then slowly moving into other formats whether that's creating videos and so on but text has the best yeah. best organic reach though so it's the easiest way to do it, it and it's, it's going to get you the best reach so yeah as you say i think that uh, I think, I think that a mix though, because if you've got your text, it's great. You get bigger reach. But then if you add in some video, because I started out going, okay, I'm going all in on video. Okay. And, and yeah, the reach wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll throw some text stuff in. And I've, I've got some pillars that I work, work towards. The text ones were getting massive reach. And I found hmm. that if I just have a mix of both, it means that, um, yeah, I'm getting big reach, but I'm also getting that extra trust. So I literally will have that first conversation with people, a prospect, and I'll be like, oh, I loved your video on this or I've, you know, I've, I've been watching you and you know, it just means that let's say uh, rather than going from zero of no trust, 10 complete trust. And you, you might need to spend quite a bit of time building rapport. If they've seen you on video a number of times they're already miles up and you can start talking business and they let their guard down and it's much really better results point. for everyone. Really good point. Well made. I think you've, mm. you've hit the nail on the head there, Russ, because like with, with text posts, whilst they can be effective, I think it's just, 
basically skyrocketing the trust when people can actually regularly see your face. doesn't mean you have to do yeah. video each and every day, but maybe if you do one or two a week in between yep. the text posts, then people can actually put a face to the name. Because a lot yep. of our profile pictures are about 10 years old. I know mine's about four, <laughs> yeah. four or so years old. And I've definitely yeah, had a yeah, haircut yeah. back then. Um, so yeah. I can't get one right now. So yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense, man. And do you, on LinkedIn, this is not something we've talked about too much. Do you guys ever do any cold outreach or outreach to prospects that are perhaps um, engaging with your content? Um, yes, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, so sell, I mean, we, we use Sales Navigator. Um, so um, yeah, so... Uh, I'm not big on just the, it depends on what you determine cold outreach. Like we, I, we will, you know, create lead lists. We'll engage with yeah. people who we think we could, could be good prospects. We try yeah. to build a relationship via social selling um, to the point where, you know, ideally there's a, a gap opens up where, you know, they ask for some help. So it's probably not, it's not your, you know, connect and can I, can I sell you this widget? It's more like, yeah. you know, engage, engage, engage conversation and then eventually something opens up or I tend to get more leads from referrals of people that I've connected to than actual direct connections. Yeah. Just from having built that trust and build that relationship and, and just giving stuff through my content that, you know, businesses can potentially use on their own without buying it from us. But, you know, obviously it's a lot easier if they well they can save a lot of time if they just get a professional to do it. So hundred percent. No, I'd, I'd agree. Some of the, some of the um, best leads I've got LinkedIn wise is just a case of exactly like you said, Russ, just sharing content day in, day out. And then people yep. perhaps you'd never ever engage with, just drop your message like, Hey Sam, or Hey Russ, I've been following your content for like the last few months. Really feel like I've built trust with you. Um, yeah. And um, I wanted to discuss this project. Can, are you open to having a call? Like yeah. there was this, there was this um, one I did a while ago. I actually pissed the guy off. Um, because it had been a really, really long day. He actually came inbound and it was like, yeah. I think 5.30 or 6 p.m. And I'd had a really <laughs> yeah. long day of it. And I was like, oh man, I need, I need to eat some dinner. Like, I'm really tired. And yeah. he wanted to uh, say a website and digital marketing strategy. So I just, uh, it was my bad really. I didn't really listen to everything he was saying. I just said, look, this it's going to be this much, uh, like, I don't know, 5, 10K. Can you work with that? If not, I understand. We can part ways as friends now. <laughs> so that's really yeah, blunt. Yeah. And because uh, yeah. I thought he was wasting my time. But yeah, he, he kind of signed it off then. He said, sorry, Sam, I've, I've found someone else to go with. I said, no worries, keep in touch in the future. Six months later, he said, Sam, I've been engaging with your content. I really like what you're doing. And I feel like um, I've kind of got to know you a lot better. Um, if I'm honest, you were very blunt and it annoyed me. But I, I feel like you that do a good cool. job on my project. I feel like you do a really yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. This was a few yeah, days yeah, back. Yeah. I was like, I can't yeah. believe that's just happened. Like, I pissed him off six yeah. months ago. He's come back and now he wants yeah. to work with me. That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a deal I just did the other day. So that was really, so really good. interesting because that's never happened yeah. to me before. Not like yeah. that. I mean, I've had inbound leads, but I've not had people I've pissed off that then come back as an inbound lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just what I like about that. What I like about that is I think people, if people think that like we've been talking about integrated strategies and omni-channel and touch points and stuff like, if you think that LinkedIn is just going to be your silver bullet, I'm just going to get all my business from there. Like it, it's, I don't think you're going to get the most out of it. You're going to you're going to piss people off. Like yeah. what you said then is more, but you keep presenting your brand out in front and LinkedIn is just another channel to add into the attribution and it, it got you over the line sort of thing, you know, like, and the funny thing is like quite often, one of the biggest deals I've closed from, from LinkedIn was a um, pretty big national retailer here in Australia. And it was a, a six figure, six figure deal. Um, but they said they'd been watching my content for ages, but they never once liked it. Never once written a comment. 
like I had no idea that this person even existed, but they knew all this stuff. They're one yeah. of those ninety percent of lurkers, interestingly. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so that's funny. That's it. That's it. It kind of teaches you that even if you think you're not getting that much engagement on your content, just doing the consistent, doing the daily posts, and making sure you're yeah. putting something decent out there. Um, yeah. you're not going to see immediate results, which we, we've preached about a lot on this show. Just keep at it. I know the time like say, it's, it's going to pay off, but don't put all your eggs in the LinkedIn basket. Utilize other digital channels to yep. funnel the leads in and keep the pipeline full, as That's we say. Exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so we've, we've touched on a lot of digital tools to, to grow business. Um, are you guys doing a, any other cold outreach or do you personally do any other cold outreach for us that we've not discussed or we pretty much covered all bases? Yeah, we've, I mean, we've got, um, we've had BDRs on and off do, do bits and pieces of cold outreach. Um, mostly we've been inbound, like it's mostly been a, a database which we've built over time. We've, we just got ran it. some webinars recently, which, which managed to build, you know, a few more in the top of funnel, which we'll try to massage through over the, over the next little period. But nice. yeah, we're, we're mostly an inbound, like inbound ethos agency. Um, the outbound, uh, yeah, I don't do much in the way of cold calling but i'm you know very active on linkedin and and tend to get a bit of my own inbound activity via that by that understood man cool okay um russ before we wrap things up are there any habits that you could share with us that you follow yourself have you got any daily habits that you think have helped your success that's a good question um i reckon this isn't for everyone but uh i'm I'm, i've got a fair bit of energy and I, i have to exercise pretty regularly otherwise um I can be pretty annoying to be around. So um, for me, my, my lunchtime gym sessions, lunchtime, whether it's a run or some kind of physical activity, today I played basketball with the kids. Um, that to me, honestly, it, it sets up my day. It, I feel like I get that outlet. My head's clear for the afternoon. I can dominate the afternoon. I've got something to look forward to in the morning. There's been some studies out there around the positivity around working out during the day. And, um, but I know just personally for my own, that helps me be productive, clear-headed, and um, yeah, just gives me something to look forward to in the mornings as well. Yep, love that, man. No, I'm exactly the same. I need to do fitness, be it in the morning or be it in the evening. It's, it's something yeah. like you say. It helps kind of clear your mind, especially in, in jobs like us, like, um, like ours rather, inside sales, and most of the time it's staring in front of a screen. So you've got to have that yeah. time where you can kind of refresh your mind and at the same time help your body and all that kind of stuff. So cool, man. Yeah, um, yeah cool. Awesome. So everyone, you've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Russ, what I like to ask everyone is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Oh, this is going to sound cheesy. It would be my wife, Ange, because she's a superstar. I've got four very loud, very needy kids on the other side of this garage right now. Um, but she is my rock. She is, uh, yeah, she, she's 100% the person I would thank. And I do thank. Good stuff, man. Um, well, tell us a bit more, Russ, about your company, how people can connect with yourself and the best way to yep. get in touch. Yeah, for sure. So um, as you opened up at the start, so we are based in Melbourne in Australia. Probably the best way is to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, but impressive.com.au is the Australian site. Impressivedigital.com is our US site. Um, that's the, the business that I head up. Uh, but I am in Melbourne at the moment just while we're seeing out this, this coronavirus 
uh, dramas. So, but otherwise, yeah, just uh, probably easiest to hit me up on LinkedIn. But if you're a business that um, is within Australia or the US, or if you're looking to scale into Southeast Asia, that's something we do really regularly uh, with e-com businesses and um, lots of e-com and lots of tech businesses as well. Thanks, Russ. The show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com. Thanks very much, Russ. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.